This is episode number 570 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the show. Yes, it's me. I'm back. You don't have to listen to just Tom on his own like you did on this week's earlier show, 569? Yeah, 569, the second Run Strong Podcast. Really hope you guys are enjoying that. Those guys are doing a lot of work on that, and it's going to be on our channel for their first series on that, which is, I think, for the next two months. As always, big shout out to our show sponsor, Smith Street Paleo. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com or send them a mail. Hello at smithstreetpaleo.com. It is time for you to eat better. You'll feel great. Yes, I use their food all the time. Maybe a couple of Snickers on these last ultras, but otherwise, Holly makes all the food that I eat over there and it works super well. So it works for running across deserts. It's going to work for what you guys need it for. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com. Give them all of your support. I'd really appreciate that. This week, this show, we are talking, and that's why Tom is actually here. For those of you watching, there he is. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. Mike's nowhere near his mouth, but that's the way it goes sometimes. We are talking all about one of the biggest endurance events in the calendar of the year, which happened, we're recording on some Monday, happened on Saturday in Hawaii. It is the Mecca, the World Championships of Ironman triathlon, the long course distance. We're going to get all into that. But before we do, mate, there's two things I want to pick up on because this in Kona, we saw a record. However, we saw a record that you spoke about in the Run Strong podcast on Saturday, Kipchoge. Quick roundup of that for those that missed your podcast on Saturday or on Sunday. 159. It's been done. Did you think he would do it? I will put my hand up and say... I watched his lead-in about a month ago for a few weeks, but then I was just too busy following other things to see what he was like in sort of the weeks before. Yeah. So I, did, I honestly didn't know. Yeah. Um, I just think that that guy's attitude, like, it's just unreal. Have you seen his post-interviews and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it is quite strange, and especially the fact that obviously he's, which without any disrespect, like where he comes from in Africa, Kenyan, you know, and, and yeah, the way that he speaks, the way that he holds himself. It's amazing. I think, mate, I can't help but to say that Ineos have put a shit ton of money behind the PR side of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And to make sure he's speaking properly, it's obvious that all his Instagram posts are are tailored for him <laughs> so yeah but a great human being right and unbelievable and end of the day he's had to run 250 a k for two hours 42k you probably mentioned it but go and put the treadmill on like just over 21 k's an hour yep and see how far it, it's a really it's a really interesting test folks just go and do it please make sure that there's nothing around you just in case you get spat Off out the, the back, back. <laughs> yeah but go and see what running at that speed like 21 point five k's an hour yeah it feels like and and if you've got something to say about the shoes go and buy a pair of shoes then yeah and then go and have a go as well yeah and tell me how much difference they make yeah it's very a, very little very so. very little again a, a massive commercial side a yeah. massive nike sort of marketing ploy there they were the ones behind the initial breaking two yep two years later ineos took it on and yeah incredible absolutely incredible which may or may not may have open the floodgates for what happened yesterday in the female marathon we saw in Chicago yeah Paula Radcliffe's 16 year record big one broken broken and 
pretty well broken as well. It's a couple of minutes, right? Yeah, I think it was. We're going to actually discuss this in the next Run Strong show. Well, there, there we go. go. There All we go. There. <laughs> I, won't, I won't ruin that, but that's it's just an epic weekend on the endurance front, on the running front. All sides. All sides. And we saw, let's kick it off, mate. We saw a new world record in Another Kona. One. Something in the air, in the atmosphere, <laughs> around the world this weekend for Must endurance be. athletes. Must be. Mate, before we jump into that in too much detail, yep. tell us a little bit about, we've, we've spoken about Ironman before, but for those that don't know, what is it? What does it consist of? What are the distances? And just initial roundup of the World Championships. So this is the Ironman World Championships. There are other long-distance World Championships, but this is the one that, everyone wants to win long course athletes wants to win and it's the one recognized if you win this you are the world champion you're the best in the world right at long distance triathlon which is 3.8 kilometer swim a 180 kilometer bike ride and a marathon yeah decent decent days work decent for anyone to work yeah and then this is in kona in hawaii on the big island over there the reason it for it being is that's where sort of Ironman distance racing was born um, back in the 70s and this is just now well it, it'll never move off the island I don't think the the 70.3 world championships moves around the world yeah this will always will always be on uh, Ironman Hawaii I mean because it's been there for so long mate it is really the it's sort of we'd say the mecca of everyone wants to go to Hawaii yeah everyone wants to go to Kona the, the course is famous and we're going to dig into little different parts of it because you've got vol volcanoes or volcanic sections, you've yeah. got incredibly hot sections, you've got hills and it's almost in the last 30 years become, it's become the home of this sport. Completely and you don't realise it I don't think until you actually go. Um, it's, have you ever been to Hawaii? I've never know? been mate, no. It's, um, it is an amazing place and everyone talks about it being spiritual and yeah. Uh, just this like paradise land. And I, I went in 2016 um, supporting someone and you, it is exactly what people say it is. Yeah. It, it is. Are it there, uh, are there, do you think since uh, Hawaii, uh, the Ironman Cham World Championships has been there, do you think there's been a massive uh, increase in the number of tattoo parlors in Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no? probably. Oh, okay. Um, there's certainly an increase in uh, like coffee shops, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> breakfast places, yeah. stuff like that. But there's places uh, like where where the the Kona that where it actually is itself on race week is just nuts. It's yeah, like the world's biggest expo for right. uh, for triathlon. For tries, yeah. I think it's got two. Uh, there's actually two expos there. Wow. Um, and it takes you a good hour to get through them all, and then get to the next one and get through that one. Wow. It's a day's worth, and everyone there is in unreal shape and probably cost you a fortune as you pass through those expos Absolute as well fortune, yeah. everyone's buying it's everything such a big race all the sponsors are there all the athletes yep. are there and they have uh commitments to their sponsors so yep. you get to see them you can talk to them the real when i was there the, the key for me was actually you know me mate don't like being around that sort of thing too much <laughs> yeah. so uh, i spent a bit of time to actually get away from that and go and see the rest of the island yeah and that is where it really is magic part of, is of it? Kona it's um it's just you can go from sea level and climb all the way up um to the top where there's sometimes I think they get a bit of snow up there right. sometimes but I can't remember the elevation but it's huge it is a popping on the way up and yeah. you can do it like within I think it's you can drive it within under like two hours or something like that so the 
the climate you get on the island just creates this in areas like luscious green blue seas turtles wow dolphins sharks you know you can see everything and then yeah. you can go up and it just gets this barren dry like lava field land and wow. you can look in down into the volcano and see the lava moving and churning and wow you're so close to it and then you can look up there's no light pollution and you just get this night sky that is just stars and wow. so it has everything there that you can so want. It, it is aside from being the an, an invasion of triathlon geeks during that week or during those two weeks it yeah. is actually genuinely quite a quite an incredible place really special yeah. place and the locals believe they have so many stories of spirits and yeah and there's traditions there and they you know the locals never want to be anything else other than what they are right and i think that's super super powerful for a place because they don't try and change for anyone or anything yeah so when you go there you pick up how they like their lifestyle their spirit their wow. way of life and it's really nice it's just a refreshing place to be that's awesome mate talking about the the, the vibe and the atmosphere you've obviously got big expos one thing that i've always watched parts of during this their what do they call it breakfast with bob yeah yeah is like that's and and what, one thing i love about that is he manages to get on athletes that are actually going to race so whilst these pros are there it's the biggest race of the year for them yes we know it's sponsors commitment but there's kind of on shows like that and doing appearances like that yeah and just just being super normal people and, and and that's what's quite unique about the sport right definitely yeah you get a real insight into their into their lives and their training and, and even more so this year i think um well it's been going on for the past few years like YouTube they've all got their own YouTube channels now yeah and it's kind of almost like who's going to roll the dice and, and tell people their numbers and yeah. who's going to show what they've actually been doing in their training yeah and I think it used to be such a closed bubble yeah and unless you had gone to the island or someone else had gone and shown you pictures from it or maybe you'd seen like they used to put the races out on like VHS tapes and things like that yeah and, yeah and you could yeah watch back when it was like the, the Ford sponsored Ironman yes um, you didn't really know what it was like then you just yeah. heard people talking so great about this place and what other people were doing but now you get more of an insight into what they are yeah. doing and obviously the breakfast with Bob is a very interesting show to watch super interesting it's pre-race and you're yeah. like who's going to show their cards who's going to show some confidence who's yeah. just happy to be there yeah you get a real idea if you take away what they're saying and look at more like their body language and read between the lines a little bit yeah a little bit of trash talk going so. on yeah i remember it's, it's funny because last year obviously talking about those youtube channels lionel sanders was really active through through all his social media through yeah. through youtube and you know he threw up a a, a load of a load of content actually riding the course the day was it the day before last year or like three or four days before yeah. at some ridiculous speeds and maybe i guess that feeds into a lot of the mind games as well right massively massively <laughs> and, he, and you know he was one of the he wasn't on my list of favorites this year yeah um but he was on most people's and i just saw you know last year he had a, a really tough tough race and everyone could see it from his youtube channel basically he was completely burnt out or burnt himself out and yeah and then he went through this period last year he put up a video post race of of what happened and he's going to change and he's going to get a coach and he's changing everything about the bike he's changing everything about the run and you thought oh maybe you know he's learning and he came across as this really humbled person and then i think the next three months up to december he was quite quiet and then a video would get launched and he's like yeah i'm getting a bike fit now and i'm changing my running style and uh you know i'm taking in more recovery days i'm not doing this but i'm doing this instead and you're like all right sweet and then uh the season rolls around and he gets injured 
and he actually fractured his his uh, sacrum. A really popular injury now between <laughs> between the top pros. Yeah, but, uh, a sacral fracture, stress fracture, which is you know it's really really tough one. It's but it's basically fracturing the the bottom of your spine where it goes into where your hips sits. Right. So it's a horrible horrible fracture to get, and um, that was it. He sort of had to just sit out and. He could do nothing, I think, for the first two weeks, maybe. Wow. Then yeah. he started the process, the comeback process, which was very interesting to watch. Um, yeah. Well, mate, talking about big comebacks, obviously, last year's big news was that Jan Frodeno yeah. wouldn't race. Wouldn't race. A previous champion. And that, that was probably, I don't know, the, the limited reading that I, I maybe did going into this, that was probably the most anticipated return to the sport because we've we've seen yeah. it before right we saw obviously tim don with the halo which it, anyone who's looking for some inspiration from from injuries Mad. should definitely go and watch that yeah in, in short tim don was riding the course a few days before kona three or four years ago got hit by a truck broke his neck and yeah. wore a halo for six months and then he came back the following year basically uh, no, he got on the start line that year yeah yeah, yeah. so he came back the yeah, w- yeah, yeah. within a year w- which is amazing so it is a sport that and it, it is a dangerous sport mate people are out riding bikes yeah injuries happen things happen overuse injuries happen especially these guys like they're training for three sports swim bike run and the distances are super long like you've got to be fast i mean you know this was this was one of the biggest things coming into this year's race was being before about lana sanders we're talking about these guys yep. and you've actually got more stats on the number of guys that were that had had quite bad injuries we're speaking yeah. about before the show you might want to share that now mate and see see give people an insight into the shape that some of these guys are in yeah that actually was the biggest takeaway for me from from this year uh, the show, the, the race here goes through the night here. So sort of we wake up and, and find the results and woke up and saw the podium was, um, just to spoil it for everyone, but Fredino won. Yeah. Uh, new world record, seven hours, 51 minutes, 13 seconds. Uh, almost, well, yeah, he went a minute and a handful of change faster than Patrick Langer's course record that he set last year. So it was just wow. a complete domination. Yeah. Um, and then Tim O'Donnell, who is a real experienced uh, guy. He's been on the scene, been racing at Kona since 2011, uh, which came second, mm-hmm. and which is his best ever result. And then Sebastian Keenley, who was 2014 champion, yeah. came in third. And they've all had an injury in the past 18 months right. that's kept them out from running, more importantly. Yeah. Tim O'Donnell actually fractured or refractured his fifth metatarsal <laughs> only six weeks ago. Wow. So he was running, did all his run prep on an Alter-G, which is a, a zero-gravity treadmill, right. which um, basically keeps the keeps your weight off your foot, while, but still allowing you to run, yeah. kind of like aqua-jogging. Right. And he even joked around uh, before, coming, before packing to go to Kona, saying there's no point in packing my run shoes. Wow. So he said, I didn't have the run prep I wanted, um, but he got into the marathon and just felt great yeah. and, and ran himself well biked super hard and then managed to run himself to a point where he, c- he could continue on in second place yeah uh Sebastian Keenley has had Achilles issues for the past three years but particularly bad at the start of this year he said and again had a huge chunk of time um out of his run prep and then obviously uh Fredino spent a lot of last year coming back from his sacrum fracture yeah. which then didn't have the most ideal obviously off-season run prep things like that but he, he's just had a hell of a year anyway yeah. but what it shows is these guys actually took forced time off. Yeah. And how much of that 
do we does that sort of the first thing it said to me was wow does that show actually are they all doing the the right amount of volume are they all going into Kona at the end of the year absolutely cooked yeah like I'm sure their coaches and them can look at their numbers and say no like these guys are do, the, you know they've all got it down to a fine art yeah whatever but I must say we can't ignore the fact the top three yeah. best in the world yeah. all had at least two months off their yeah. normal run prep this yeah, year. and I think that's something that, mate, is, is a very good point. That what what I was saying earlier, this this sport, we get overuse injuries. Yeah, like they're having to, and and these guys actually, they're still racing quite a bit. It's their it's their bread and butter. They need to go to races. They officially, unofficially, get fees for turning up to races. So yeah. they're they're obviously, you know, they and and they want to be at races because they want to stay on form and in, in the game. But at the end of the day. It, no matter if you're a professional athlete or you're, you're couch to 5k kind of person your body's still going to tolerate stress in a certain way and, and, and break down and yeah. you know it shows these guys haven't have time off and I don't think you could say that anyone who's coming in and setting a world record over this distance is, is not prepared properly and not, not cooked and, but yeah. that's, I think that's where good coaching comes into it that they've had that time off and, and you know and they've, they've, they've come back and exactly. it's, it is incredible mate those those top three guys i think they also shared a belief they all believed that they could yeah. win it yeah and yeah i don't want people to get confused with me saying um volume needs to get cut i mean these guys have been racing all their life they're all yeah. Uh, yeah. lifetime athletes so yeah. they have an unreal base of fitness yeah that maybe we saw with like brownlee that yeah. who's been racing uh more you know well has been racing short distance all his life but hasn't done well, I think he's only run one marathon before this yeah. in, in Ironman Cork, which is got him, which is what got him qualified here. Um, that you need an unbelievable well of, of fitness going into it, yeah. but maybe you can that affords you to take a little bit of break and just put in the quality work to yeah. come back with. Yeah, and that's I mean that's it goes the same for and and that's why I want to sort of take that learning, mate. It goes the same for any athlete. They they need to take that time out to. to to get better if things are not going too well they need to take the time out they need to rest a little bit and then that's how they're going to get better and the and body's going to recover and you need a failure you need to fail yep. in order to to get better from it and it's like we talked about earlier with kipchoge on the 159 like this wasn't his first crack at it yeah you know he failed two years ago yeah in, exactly in venice with, with the nike challenge so yeah maybe there's a lot to be learned from this year's race and i just smiled to myself when i saw the podium because i was like that is a real powerful podium right there Mate, the, the whole top top guys there's no one in there by luck, yeah. which I think is fantastic. Yeah, which is awesome. Let's jump back, though, mate. It is, like you said, you've got 3.8K swim. Now, not... Okay, different things can happen in a swim of a race of, 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 of this type. You've got different temperatures of water, choppiness, the field. But essentially, the swim really, when we talk about variables such as terrain, you know, all of this stuff, the swim is probably the most straightforward part of it. Yeah. Is it or isn't it? There's a saying, you can't win the race in the swim, but you can certainly lose it. Right. There's always going to be, within any triathlon, you get your, your fast swimmers, you get your fast bikers, and you get your fast runners. Yeah. Kona typically has, over the years, really found out who the top swimmers are, because yeah. it's not the easiest conditions to swim in. Right. Who the top bikers are, because it's a real tough bike course. Yeah. But it's technically always, it's known as a runner's course. So yes. the runners will always persevere. Right. However, you're either going to be, if you're a good runner, you're going to be running yourself 
back through the field into a top five place because you yeah. might have had a bad swim and a, and a poor bike. Yes. Or you've worked so hard on your swim and your bike that you're getting off the bike in a position to just nail the run that you know you can do. Yeah. We see it every year. Um, people want to be first out of the water. They want to try and set Kona records in yeah. the swim. Um, one year, last year, I think it was a, an actual, an amateur, a German amateur guy set the record and he came in. It was like, I can't remember what the time was, but basically got got out went through the timing beep of the swim yeah a transition so you entered transition one yeah and, and just stopped and started celebrating had a sleep yeah <laughs> <laughs> he had a shower so he weird. got changed he was like oh i gotta go do the bike now and, really? and off he went and he had no chance of winning his age group he just wanted to break that w- that kona swim record wow. and, he, and he did it and he did it this year um i'm not sure if if it was broken but as expected josh amberger who's an aussie great tash unbelievable tash and mullet <laughs> yeah he, mullet is just yeah yeah, yeah. i he, think i might go there next could be the I've shout been, yeah yeah, could be yeah, the yeah, shout. yeah take it back <laughs> he um he stated at the start i want to break the swim record yeah he swam a 47 28 and he had people on his toes well alistair brownlee was on his toes the whole time he swam a 47 33 wow so like right out behind him in the water yeah and but there was a pack of about seven of them so Although Josh Amberg has done the, what he said he was going to do and yeah. lead the swim, he's also taken seven, six other people with him. With him, which again, like you say, you might not win the Ironman or you won't win the Ironman in the swim, yeah. but you could definitely lose it. You could lose it. So yeah. if, he'd, if he'd pulled a gap and say only Brownlee had got on his toes yeah. and the others hadn't, yeah. then he's pulled Brownlee and you've now got a two-minute gap, say, yeah. or a minute gap which wouldn't have won Brownie the race, but yeah. it might have lost, lost the others. someone else. So that's where the theory of that comes in. What then really happens though, mate, is when Kona and all those, all those sort of landscape factors that you started to speak about, when they yeah. get on the bike, this is where that really starts to kick in. And I think that's what makes this course so incredible. You've got 180K and it's sort of, it's through varying landscapes, isn't it? Talk us through what these guys, and for those guys that listen that are only fl- flipping around El Kudra, which is great, talk us through what they can expect for the 180K on the bike because this is where things, you're on it for a fair amount of time, yep. especially if you're just an age grouper. I mean, the pros are on the bike for you know four, four odd hours anyway. Yeah. But this is where the race sort of starts to get interesting, right? Yeah, you're not actually allowed to take a disc wheel to Kona. Right. Can't race with a disc there. Because it's too windy. The crosswinds are yep. too windy. And a couple of the pros were out there training in the week before, and they were using like 80 mil front wheels and just saying this is too dangerous. Wow. So the crosswinds are unreal. Yeah. Um, you ride out of transition, and then you go through the sort of local street areas um, before you head out onto what's the f- most famous road there called the Queen K, Queen which K, is a big yeah. highway. So you always feel good leaving t1 yeah the big crowd i mean you're the world biggest crowd <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get huge, at an ironman yeah, yeah. um but then you're up on this road and and th- when you're up on this road that's where it's you know the race really starts to yeah. to see and a lot of people say the pros are, are drafting and, and impacts and stuff and yeah to a point they are but they're sticking to the rules they're not yep. they're not they're getting a benefit of sitting behind each other but they're yep. not doing it to a point where they can get a penalty right the key is to get out of transition and get in with a pack yeah so yeah. that you can start to get pulled along. You can also use that because if you're going along and you're seeing one of these crosswinds hit, you can see the rider in front of you take the hit first before you go through the gust. Right. So there's a bit of tactics yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but what you get essentially is you go up along the Queen K and then actually what people don't realize is there's nearly 2,000 meters of climbing in this bike. Shh. 
it's rolling, which yeah. you don't realise yeah. is what yeah. you get. But that, mate, even that, you've got 2,000 metres of climbing over 180k, you're not, you're never really going flat. It's just rolling the whole time. Exactly. So you can enjoy it a little bit on the downhill, choose to put a little bit more in, but then you're going to have to work a little bit to climb up. And it could only be 20 metres elevation over a, sh- over a few k, but still it's a couple of percent and that starts to burn the legs, right? Yeah, especially if you've got a headwind into your face or, yeah. or a crosswind. And this wind is coming off the lava, so it's hot. Yeah, it's that's one of the biggest things, right? It definitely is, yeah. yeah. So you're getting this constant, which... It's not too dissimilar to Alcudra, if people yep. are listening and have cycled up there, yeah. like the hot desert winds coming in, but then add in rolling hills, add in the fact that you're in a race with, you know, yeah. 50 other the best riders in the world. Yeah, you've right. got to remember to eat, you've got to remember to drink. And then you get to the turnaround point um, at the top, I think it's called Harvey, turnaround point, and then the race really begins because the leaders can start yeah. seeing who's catching. Who's catching them. And the uh, Uber bikers are coming up and seeing how far they're off. Right. the leaders they can see what sort of shape they're in and this year it was actually where uh brownlee got a puncture right so it was i think three of them in the in the lead just to just to give this l- a little bit of context mate because i think it's cool talking about the course and then going back to the races alistair brownlee obviously british triathlete from yeah. down the road from where i'm from him and his brother have over the last 10 years pretty much won everything there is to win yeah aside and they've never gone into the long course alistair brownlee qualified on his first attempt in a race that was actually it was shorter right this it was only a bike and run the bike and run so the swim was was actually cut he deserves to be there to a certain extent because his 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 record is incredible but he hasn't qualified traditionally which i'm pretty sure that i didn't again I, i don't read a lot about about triathlons because I'm full up reading about all the other stuff. However, I can imagine there were certain people within the community that are like, hang on a minute. And this guy, is, he's up with the front pack. He's first or uh, second or third out of the water. He's with the front pack on the bike, but then at the turnaround point, he punctures. Yeah. So how do you think that went with these top pros like like you said mate Jan Frodeno and, and, and all these guys have been there before the guy that finished third has won the race there must have been some kind of rivalry or something what was your thoughts on what what was happening there and then when he punches do you, do you think Frodeno maybe just chucked a bottle back <laughs> um, <laughs> a glass one so they, they all said how happy they are for Brownlee to be there the pros nice PR yeah yeah, uh, Fridino's raced with him on the Olympic circuit. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of the other pros, ITU guys have. Yeah. And what I liked was Brownlee at the start of the week. There's a swim race. Yeah. On the course. Yeah. And uh, I think he won it or came second. 47 right. minutes. So it was like, yeah, shut your face. I can swim. Yeah. I'm swimming with the best of them, so right. I'm here. And then th- that's a nice point because his race, his qualifying race, the swim was cancelled, but he comes second out of the water and he yeah. does it twice in one week. So it's not, <laughs> it's so not like, a mistake, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and everyone's sort of saying. It's great for him to be here. Let's see what he can do. Right. right. You never have a good first race on the island, or you don't seem to on the the pro side of things. Yeah. So, and I listened to a bit of Fredino after uh, the race, and and what he said was, uh, Brownlee punctured, and this isn't like Tour de France. You're not waiting. Yeah. Yeah. You puncture, you puncture. Yeah. We're cracking on. Brownlee punctured, and then got, he then got back on a few minutes. So he's fixed his bike fixed his bike and rode back on which to is huge yeah <laughs> like. Tim O'Donnell and uh, Fredino and he's rode up alongside Fredino and said 
yeah thanks for fucking waiting far out (laughs) (laughs) and I mean yeah that's but fair enough right I mean fair enough that Fredino doesn't wait and fair enough that he turns around and says hey mate what's going on yeah exactly so the now I think that adds a nice little twist to the race because yeah. he's showing he's there to, yeah. to compete. And they're just over halfway through the bike course yeah. with a run left and Brownlee can run. Brownlee can run. Yeah. So Brownlee's then taken them uh, back through in towards uh, the 90 mile mark. Right. Which is where you're back on the Queen K and you've got basically 20, uh, sorry, 22 miles left of right. the bike course. Right. And so he's, he's got back on and, and Fredino must be, be saying awesome because you've just burnt matches yeah, to get here yeah. and uh, no one knows the end of this bike route like, like Fredino does. He's yeah. raced there that many times yeah. and he's just absolutely gassed them. 90 miles to go, he's like, I'm not going into T2 with you guys and he just heads off really? and goes unanswered. They can't stick with him. Wow. So he's coming back in to the crowd first, which I can't imagine the lift that must huge, right? give you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he's a fan favorite. So yeah. everyone loves it. Yeah. Then Brownie's coming in, then Tim O'Donnell, and then the Uber bikers, so the rest of the pack are, are all coming in. So yeah. they're coming in and they'll be seeing who's running out first. Right. And then again, you get the sort of third part of the race is now starting because all the runners are saying, here we go. Yeah. Like yeah. now I'm onto my territory. And this is what's really incredible about this race. You said the third part of the race has just started. Bearing in mind, these guys have swum just under 50 minutes. They've biked just over four hours. Yeah. And the only thing that separates them from the end of the race is 26 miles, 42.2 kilometers, which for any normal average, whatever you want to call it, human being is like, oh my God, I'm going to do one of those marathons in my life and I'm going to be busted for a few weeks afterwards. But these guys, this is really when the race is starting and this is when it's getting exciting as you said they're coming out of t2 the the crowd are going wild yep. because the crowd spectating on an iron man is actually incredibly boring so right because boring. it's like literally okay we've seen the swim and they set up quite well in hawaii on kona and you see the transition but then these guys are gone for four hours and you're literally yep. race radio something on your phone maybe watching it but these guys are now on it and the race is on right these because yeah. these guys have all the leaders have come in together Pretty much, yeah. A big pack came in together. I think uh, there was, yeah, the, the, the top three of them were certainly together, and then behind them, I think was around six minutes down. So, right. which it, it sounds, six minutes sounds got quite a lot, but for for the good runners, yeah, that's not. It's they'll nothing. be happy with that. Yeah, they'll be very happy there. So essentially, at this point, Fredino is in the lead, and he never loses it. He just <laughs> off he goes, and uh, he's wearing this new shoe. A6 prototype. Right. Called the 4.5%. <laughs> which I love. What does that stand for? Well, the Nike's 4% and they've gone, yeah, no we've got 4.5%. No way. So no one knows anything about this shoe apart from it's similar to the Nike. Right. Um, and they've given it to Fredino as a prototype and said, like, Was he an Asics sponsored yeah, athlete before, right? Uh, all, all his career has been with Asics. Right. With okay. So off he goes and then. Um, Basically, uh, Brownlee is, is there yeah. and says he ran, I think, the first sort of 40 to an hour and then just said he felt himself go pop. Yeah. So he's obviously paying for that effort from yeah, the, from the to puncture. To get back on. And the heat, everyone says, you know, everyone was doubting if he could race in the heat or not. Yeah. I don't know. I think they all can. But I think it's tough, though, mate. Like we were saying there, you know, he's had a puncture and he's, he's, he's raced to get back on with those guys, even if it's taken him three minutes to fix his puncher yeah which unless he's 
absolute Formula One style. It's going to take at least that. Yeah. And he's had to gun it. And at that time, these guys, I'm pretty sure that when they saw Brownlee puncher, they're not slowing down at all. Like you said, no. they're pretty much, they probably up the pace a little bit as well. I think so. Probably a little dig in. Yeah, yeah a little dig. So Fredino's at the front yeah. from start to finish of the marathon. Yeah. Or and no one bothers him. him. No one bothers him. The, f- the fourth place, Ben Hoffman, who was, uh, he won uh, Ironman South Africa this year, which uh, I was at and saw him there, and he was running in insane form. Yeah. He ran the second fastest marathon of the day. Yeah. Fadino ran 2.42.43. Which, for those of you that are, are wondering how fast that is, just to give you a little bit of an insight, he's running sub-four-minute Ks for 42.2 Ks. Yep after he's just ridden for just over four hours swum for just under 50 minutes he's just got out there and bashed out it's basically 350 a k yep. for the marathon so he's absolute that that's not a course record though is it uh i don't think it is i think is it uh lang patrick lang set it last year yeah the run. yeah i'm not sure but he so that's another part to this race is patrick langer the defending champion yeah has dropped out uh an hour into the bike why with the flu apparently he got that on the bike uh <laughs> he said he had it in the days before and it was right. just too bad but it's what was interesting good. was he came out with a lead pack of swimmers and he's not a swimmer right so they reckon he just cooked himself in the swim <laughs> and then picked up the flu but i actually have a, an interesting thought on that as well we'll bring it up later but yeah essentially the next fastest guy to fredino on the marathon was ben hoffman who yeah. ran 243.08 so he's just uh, 20 seconds there faster so that so shows you how fast yeah. Fredino is running here. And phenomenal as well, mate. I mean, it, you, you look at it and he's won by to second place. He's over eight minutes, eight minutes, 26 over Tim O'Donnell, which is, I mean, this is a top end and I know it's a long day and a lot of miles, but an eight minute gap is super comfortable. When, when you're running, that's two Ks. When you're, when you're running 350 a K, he's beaten the field by, by, by two Ks. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and he just went off on the front. And you're sort of wondering then what, what's motivating him to push so hard. Yeah, and that, that's, that's where I wanted to come to. What is motivating him to push so hard? Well, that's interesting. Because I think, you know, Patrick Langer uh, putting out the race obviously takes that, I'm going to beat you or yeah. out of it because he's gone yeah he's seen because um, there's a turnaround on the run at the start he must have seen the other guys how they're looking or if, you know brownie at least and gone, yeah. yeah probably look not looking great not looking great <laughs> he's getting his splits coming in saying yeah you're you're eight minutes ahead yeah and an ex winner of the championship who's also german i think from the late 90s yeah. stood on the side of the road and i think he says to him at around 16k uh you've got to run a 240 uh, four, maybe you've got to run a two forty four for the course record, right? And apparently, Fadino was just like, "Why have you told me uh, this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's your motivation. Yeah. So he just continues off on the sixteen k in. So he's just over a third of the way into this race, and, and someone's cold. gone. But he 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 did it, mate, and he finished up there with seven fifty one. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, seven fifty one thirteen, a in- minute and and change off last year's record, and they reckon the conditions weren't faster this year yeah More it's in, wind. yeah very interesting that the, obviously yeah the wind the heat as well that we often see a massive role in kona not only coming off those lava fields but the actual heat in the sky as well it 
plays a massive role. Yeah. And 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 Jan Frodeno's gone and and just destroyed it and doesn't care about the weather in the slightest. Nailed it. The race is completely unfolding behind him. Yeah. Everyone's sort of getting their spaces and and learning where they're going to come in the in a world championship race and. There's a few guys who just got spat right out the back. Uh, if we're looking at sort of the favourites going in, Alistair Brownlee came in in 21st in the end. Yeah. Lionel Sanders was 22nd behind Oof. him. Um, David McNachmy, Manac- Man- that always pronounced that hard to say. Congratulations. He's Scottish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> N- he nice in the rugby, Japan, Japan. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> he, I think, has DNF'd, so he's gone out. Uh, Patrick Lang is gone. Wow. Uh, the guy who came third last year, Bart Ernutz, who is an uber runner. Yeah. Not had a great swim, 57 minutes. He is now working his way up and trying to hit into the top 10. Yeah. But then basically you've got uh, Keenley, O'Donnell. They're sort of set second and third. Hoffman is running hard down on Keenley, but doesn't quite catch him. An ex-pro cyclist, an Olympic rower, Cameron Worth, who's super gobby. You'd like yeah. him, mate. He's, a, he's Aussie. He's yeah. on Instagram. He's oh, commenting on everything. <laughs> he's shown that he's not just a biker and, yeah. has, and has run himself to fifth. And then a massive shout out to this guy who's Joe Skipper from uh, the UK. Oh. And got huge respect for him. Uh, I'm on Wales three weeks ago. I always yeah. have to bring up Wales on this show, obviously, as you know. Not even interesting. Got, a, um, got disqualified for a littering penalty. Which filthy animal. Yeah, <laughs> is what it is. But he continued yeah. and continued to race, finish the bike, and then ran the marathon and just said, you know, this I'm, I'm not going to disrespect the course and, and stop. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to run a marathon, so he did it. He actually, I think he ran the fastest marathon on the day as well. Yeah. Finished, obviously was disqualified. Yeah. Um, and then has, has come out to Kona. He's all, last year, he was seventh. I think year before that, he was didn't have a great year, but this year he's managed to get sixth, which wow. he's top Brit. And yeah. put in a massive, solid. massive yeah. effort there. Like, yeah. really respect to him for that. And then uh, we've got a Kiwi in seventh. And then the guys behind are sort of... I, d- I don't know a lot about them, but they're all racing. Don't get me wrong. Like, they are racing their hearts out yeah. for just even a top 20, top 30 place. Well, that's it, mate. They're, I mean, they, they all are, aren't they? And that's what, that's what World Championships and that's what Kona... Yeah. Bring, brings out in these people as always mate we speak a lot about the men and we should yeah. focus a little bit on on the women yeah sadly the way it goes guys it's not our fault that the men just seem to get a lot more coverage we're seeing a big change in ultra running and we obviously gave a lot of respect there for for, for the women at the start of the show for for that marathon effort however mate we saw which is of interest to us british lady lucy charles barkley up on the podium again she was in second but give us a round out and a bit of a summary of what happened in the women's race yeah I th- the women's is interesting they get paid the same prize money right yeah it's which one is of the cool. only world championships in the world where they where they do that i think tennis does it as well now Maybe okay pay the same prize money but yeah, yeah they, so they you know there's as much investment from these guys as, as the men's it's just a little bit more of a given they th- you know like you can kind of predict the women's podium or so you think you can so uh daniela reef is four-time world champion she's never lost a world championship race right people were asking me before you know who's gonna win i was like well why are you asking me that really really obvious who's gonna win um she didn't she she finished up 13th 13th mate wow yeah so she's had really really bad day and nothing really has come out yet about that right she's tough like she last year got stung by a jellyfish yeah and uh continued to come through the the field on her bikes they call her the angry bird 
because like Angry Birds, when she gets going, she's just <laughs> taken everyone out right. and then ran herself back into first place and, and won it last year. So wow. something must, really must have been off this year for her. Yeah. Um, but actually, the winner in the end was uh, Annie Haug, who Surprise, is also German. Surprise, uh, Not if you've seen her run before. Yeah. She's an absolute weapon on the run. Same just the casual coach. 251. Exactly, mate. Same coach as Jan Fredino. So, uh, you know, uh, their coach is full happy. I mean, that's phenomenal, isn't it? She's come in nine minutes slower than him on the on the run yeah which is which is which is the gap is closer than the male fastest marathon even if we take kipchoge's sub two if we take his 201 to what the world record for women is that gap is actually bigger whereas uh, dan is is closer to fredino mad it's mental and she also came in eight minutes down on lucy charles on the bike really so she had a real target to go after Lucy Charles led the swim, which everyone knows she would. Yeah. But then, more importantly, she led the bike the whole way. Right. And uh, biked to 4.47, which is, yeah, it's quick for, for, for a Kona for yeah, in the ladies' yeah, field. Very much so. And then um, she's run a 3.05.59. So, wow. But what she did do is she lost second place. She went into third for a bit. Right. Uh, Sarah Crowley, who is third, actually pushed up into second. Yeah. And somehow, I mean these guys are are amazing but she has gone she retook someone who overtook her which you never see you just don't see it right yeah so she's gone past a bit of fight in the dog yeah yeah and just shown her no 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 hang on a minute and that's That's actually her third year in a row being runner-up incredible yeah mad mate what a race what an event i mean we spent a lot of time talking about it and all of those things that the guys had to go through the girls had to go through as well but in the end mate i guess a little couple of surprises there in 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 the ladies but still true top athletes taking taking the podium nothing massively surprising and in the men we we, were you happy to see fredano back on top very happy yeah that was 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 your pick was he he was my shout Um, didn't want to back brownlee on his debut Nah, i i said you know my heart's with brownlee being british but but i just love seeing fredano i think he went into this race in an unreal shape like he just looked well he looked unbelievable like zero percent body fat basically like um and I wonder how much that played into the other competitors. Because yeah, two of them just, yeah. got the flu. And you yeah. wonder, when you're that level of fitness, and yeah. you think, oh, my God, look at that guy. How him. is he yeah. there? He's actually, yeah. I think he's become a vegetarian, or he's been vegetarian oh, for a while. Anyway, he's, yeah, anyway, so I'm wondering, like, is that mind games? Has he got into that sort of shape? Yeah. And he's not raced the 70.3 worlds. He said, basically, everything is all, in, all in for this rest. Kona. Yeah. And I just love his mindset. I love his intent. Yeah. And he's gone out and, and got after it and done exactly what he said he was going to do. Very cool. Mate, before we wrap up, I want to ask you personally, seeing this, your goal is to get to Kona as, as an age group athlete, maybe even to take Fredino down next year. Let's see if you can get in some decent shape for that. Kick him hard. Must be a massive amount of motivation, inspiration, like, Tell us a little bit about the impact that weekend and, and, and even talking about it. You talk about it with a lot of energy. What's the impact it's had on you? For me, I, d- I don't need much more in, uh, inspiration <laughs> to be going there. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it has been a goal of mine. I mean, I was so confident that I was going to go this year. Yeah. As, as you, if you look at the conditions, it might have been a lucky factor that I didn't because it was yeah. one of the harder swims, <laughs> yeah. you know, not being a great swimmer. Yeah. So uh, maybe look at it like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this time last year, I was watching the same race and thinking I'm going to be there next year. Yeah. 
like I said, I thought I would be from racing South Africa. Yeah. I've never been so confident that I could do it. It's, I've never lost motivation on it, but just seeing yeah. it all, the the feeds of, of from the YouTube and just knowing and, and what it helps me with is visualization. Yeah. So I'm a really big fan of visualizing where you are and where you want to be. Yeah. And so the more time I can get exposed to what Kona looks like, how it is to be there, listening yeah. to what people have experienced there, the more I feel like I know it and I will, you know, when I do go there, I'll just be more settled in at home. Amazing. There we have it, folks. That is Kona Special, a great race. I get excited about it. This guy's even more excited about it. He obviously knows a lot more than I do, but it really is. I love to see the World Championships. I'm sure you guys agree as well. And as we said at the start, don't miss out on these guys' show, the new Run Strong podcast, which is airing on a Sunday, replacing our Sunday show for the next few weeks. I will get back to my normal chit-chat when they give me the mic back, but that's something that we really think that people want we get so many running questions we get so much people asking different things about running and running is obviously kicking off and i think it's going to change what kipchoge did at the weekend and then in the women's marathon as well a new world record from my dear paula radcliffe who has sent me personal messages in the past i'm very upset that she's lost it but she's been very gracious in defeat and it's been a 16 year record so please do check those guys out they're doing the sunday show for the next few weeks we'll be back same time next week i think we've got listener q a next week so it should be quite a lot of fun if you've got questions flick them over but for now Thanks a lot for tuning in and thanks a lot for all of the support for the podcast.